1: Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. This episode is a balance of narrative and poetics, with two pieces of microfiction and one poem that experiments with form and structure. This first one beautifully captures a quiet, peaceful, and seemingly innocuous moment that nevertheless encapsulates powerful themes. It's called "Since She Could No Longer Say I Love You." It was written by Min Young Lee and published by Vestal Review. Enjoy.
0: Since she can no longer say I love you. On Sundays. They walked to the beach and lined up seashells by the seashore. They looked for the time when the tide was the lowest, when the water pulled back to expose shiny stones and jagged seashells embedded in the slick mud like mosaic tiles, pinks and corals and ivory cream, when little brown birds scuttled around the frothy baby waves, plucking at the holes bubbling in the mud. His mom liked the shells that were shattered long ago, their once rough edges polished by the waves breathing over them. The boy liked the shells that were perfect and clean, ones you can buy from a store to place on the bathroom sink. If all the shells on this beach could be ordered in a line, they would guide his mom back home from where she was lost. But every time the boy's line grew as long as he was tall, the climbing tide lapped against it, pushing away a shell or two, forging the clean edge into wobbly stubs. A single orange shell flipped over, and the boy ran over to flip it back. And once the boy was back at the end of the line to make it longer, another wave tossed away the gray spotted shell. By the time the water reached where the boy was standing, tucking away half of the seashells that were once exposed on the beach, The boy's feet were muddied and his toenails caked in sand, and the line he was building was still incomplete. The boy clenched his fists and looked down at his feet. He listened to the waves singing as they danced towards them. She wants you to know she's still here, they seemed to say. She wants you to know she still loves the sea. The waves giggled over the boy's toes. They sighed and whispered. They brushed the wet sand away until his tan feet shone.
1: Minyoung Lee writes fiction and essays in Oakland, California. You can find her on Twitter at Min-yung Lee is or on her website at myleeis.com. This next piece shows that love isn't always demonstrated in moments of beauty, and that sometimes, even then, it still may not be enough. It's called In Sickness and In. It was written by Tucker Lighty Phillips and published by Spork Press in October, 2020. Please enjoy.
2: In the beginning, we fell ill one at a time When sickness bit my blood, she spooned me a thimble of honey Made ginger and turmeric tea, swaddled me in blankets like a newborn When it was her turn, I brought seven up, Campbell's soup, saltines Balms my mother taught me, the only ones I knew As our love spiked, so did our sick Or perhaps it was the other way around, but by summer we'd both caught it The affliction settled between us like an armrest. We bought two lovebirds because we were two lovebirds. We made amorous proclamations through coughing fits, French kissed between our bounty of mucus, made love through fits of sweat until we were no longer nauseous. We moped cheerfully from pharmacy to pharmacy, oozing mucus and fluids like a couple of carnival-sized snails, wincing in sunlight, sniffling in moonlight. Faces red and sunken as if sat upon by the buttocks of God. When I vomited the remains of my alphabet soup, I swore I saw the word fate in the floating pasta bits. She said she saw some of last week's vindaloo. Perhaps we were looking at the same thing. We kept each other close as trash cans and bedpans. Into the toilet we tumbled our oxyplacerin and Vicobin, our polylixinol and our Vikinser, the pills plinking the porcelain and collecting in the small pond of the bowl, each dose a coin in a wishing well. But it was all becoming so much. Our bodies were failing. When the doctor separated us, quarantined us to our separate sickness bubbles, we pressed our lips against the nylon in simulation. Our love would only spread. And then we were better. Our noses flowed like gratitude. Our eyes blinked unanchored by crust or slime. Our bodies had not only healed, but grown strong. Immunities like oxen. And then she didn't love me anymore. Said we had nothing in common. And I knew it was true, but maybe she'd misdiagnosed us. Maybe we needed a second opinion. She left me the birds. One died the other day. I buried it in a comic book lunchbox next to the compost pile. The other sits at the dinner table with me. I've named her Lady of the Lake. She sings sad songs. We probably aren't helping one another, but we've got no other treatment.
1: Tucker Lighty Phillips is a writer from Southeastern Kentucky, currently finishing his MFA at Arizona State University. You can find him on Twitter at TheNurtureBoy, or on his website at TuckerLP.net. This last one moves us rapidly through time and space, and it manages to read as well as it looks. In fact, I highly encourage you to go view this one as it appears on the page as its formatting is as striking as its language. It's called Struct. It was written by Adam Dalva and published by Pithead Chapel. Please enjoy.
3: Struct. You are now five. You're at a birthday party. You are at your birthday party. Count the candles on your cupcake. If there are five, you may stop so you can eat. You are seven. You are in a car. You are in your father's car. Now look at the speedometer. Assuming the speed of 49 remains constant, will you be able to count up to it in increments of seven and finish on a seven? If so, you may stop until he changes speed. Meanwhile, look at the reflectors by the road, the ones that shine like cat eyes. Count them. When you get to seven, start counting them again. This keeps your father's car from crashing. You are no ten. You are being punched. You are being punched by four people. Count to ten. Does it end on a four? Count to twenty. Does it? If so, you may stop. But until then, keep them from stopping. Pretend doesn't hurt. After you run away on a twenty, you may cry. But as you walk home you must count every single wave in your head and your chest your legs and your arms and if they all stop pulsing on a 10 you may tell your mother that you got hurt playing hockey and gym you are 16 you like lexus you will like you if you can masturbate in 16 strokes you are now 20 you have a girlfriend you're going to see your girlfriend so E can break up with you. When you get to her apartment and she tells you to sit down, walk past her into her little office, the one with the weird paneled ceiling so you can look up and keep counting the 19 and 3 quarters panels until it's over. You're 23 and you are lying in your therapist's office. Count your lies so you don't have to tell them about counting. You're 27. You're in Florida. You're in Florida writing a story called Struct. Count up the ages in your story. Does 27 go neatly into the resulting number? If not, remember other times when you counted and use those to even it out. Don't lie. It's time to finish writing Struct. Go sit in the little writer's studio that you share with seven others. Sit down in the chair that you marked with a little piece of scotch tape on the back in case it got moved. Reposition it directly across from the bookcase that is underneath the stairs. Remember how, on the first day, it had twenty-seven books? Think about how happy that made you. How many books are in the bookcase now? Have books been removed? How many? If so, count the books again until you can stop on twenty-seven. Is someone sitting in front of the bookcase? If so, you must lean over and account for the books that might be behind his or her head. And then count the books until you can stop on twenty-seven. You are ready to finish struct. Count the number of words in struct. Count the number of lines instruct. Is the number of words divisible by twenty seven? And is the number of lines divisible by twenty seven? If not, keep on going until it stops. A struct is a complex data, keep on going until it stops, type declaration that defines a physically, keep on going until it stops, group list of variables placed under, keep on going until it stops, one name in a block of, keep on going until it stops, memory, allowing the different variables to keep on going until it stops be accessed. The struct can contain, keep on going until it stops, many other complex and simple data, keep on going until it stops, types. It references a contiguous block, keep on going until it stops, a physical memory, usually delimited by, keep on going until it stops, word length, or half-word boundaries. Keep on going until it stops. Keep on going.
1: Adam Dalva is a writing professor, a critic on the board at the National Book Critics Circle, and an author whose work has appeared in the New York Review of Books, the Paris Review, and Dark Horse Comics. You can find him on Twitter at Adalva or on his website at AdamDalva.com. Micro is produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Original music is by Matt Ordez. You can find all the information about this episode's writers, their featured work, and the publications where they were published in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, check out some of our other episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also always find our shows at micropodcast.org. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening.